This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey guys, welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. Hi everybody. We have a special guest who's been on before because you guys love her so much. Cecilia Salveson, who is also our business partner and coach. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you guys loved her with the essential oil uh, episode. Oh my gosh, I got so many messages from you guys and you have been requested by potentially hundreds of people. So um, so we're going to try Thank and make you. this like at least a monthly thing because Cecilia has so much knowledge. She has, You have like 33 years, 30 years worth of like... Yeah, 30 plus. There, yeah of just alternative healing modalities. If you guys want to hear her story on um, how she almost died from Graves disease and had to have radioactive iodine, go back to the um, the essential oil podcast that we did about a month ago. Um, there's some really good, it was back in January sometime, January, 2020. It's, it's really chock full of her history and how she got to where she is today. So, And that was just the tip of the iceberg. And maybe one day I would like to explain how I got over that using alternative therapies. Yeah. And you briefly brush in it, but we would definitely like to hear more. But what are we talking about today, Tristan? Uh, we're talking about skin, right? We are. We totally are. You guys, we have had like this massive um, influx of questions around eczema, psoriasis, rosacea. Um, what are the other skin conditions that people are coming up with? You know, there's so many, Janique, because the skin is the largest external organ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our cells peripherally to the, to the top all the time. It changes. It comes from... Um, our columna and then it flattens comes and it uh, the skin can pick up so many different conditions right. that we would need a week to discuss them all so we'll right. touch on some main ones yeah specifically eczema because I would say most people suffer from eczema then next would be rosacea um, no eczema psoriasis is the second most common wouldn't you guys say I don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're both pretty common though and Rosacea is also up and there. And it doesn't so. matter. We'll cover them all. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm like, for some reason, my brain is not working, which is the one with the color pigmentation issue. What's that one called? Where like the, the pigment vitiligo? changes. Vitiligo. Thank you. That's another one too. Um, so Cecilia, tell us why we are seeing such an influx of um, these skin disorders. And is it getting worse or has it always been like this? Oh, no, it definitely is getting worse. Uh, and the thing is inflammation. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts with the gut. Everything, every disease almost starts with the gut mm -hmm. because everything we eat becomes us. Totally. Our hair, our skin, our nails, the hormones we secrete. So all the imbalances we experience Come stems from there. So if our gut bacteria is out and we develop conditions like um, can, candidiasis mm -hmm. and inflammation, inflammation leads to autoimmune diseases, mm -hmm. chronic inflammation. Inflammation is the body's attempt to heal itself, but chronic inflammation can lead to autoimmune diseases. And a lot of these conditions are connected to autoimmune. Right, totally. Well, and not only that, but people are using antibiotics more and more and more. And kids, you know, you say everything starts in the gut. And you, I think one of your first books that you wrote, wasn't it called You Are What You Eat? Yes. And then later I changed it to You Become What You mm -hmm. Eat. Well, and I like to take that further that you are what you absorb, right? Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what you eat if you're not absorbing it. And you're not absorbing it if your microbiome is completely trashed. And we know, like, if you guys want to listen to our past episodes of like gut dysfunction, we know that things like glyphosate disrupt the gut biome. We know that antibiotic uses disrupt the gut biome. Herbicides, pesticides disrupt the gut biome. Who hasn't had their house sprayed for bugs? that will to potentially disrupt your gut biome, right? It, it strips the minerals from, um, it, especially with glyphosate, it strips the minerals from the, um, the plants. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what it's doing to your intestinal wall, right? So all of these environmental factors are all playing a key part, wouldn't you say, in 
why we are not absorbing, why we are having this inflammatory response that's starting in our gut. Yes, and you must remember that foods have increased, refined um, processed carbohydrates Mm -hmm. have increased tremendously. Totally. Like we are, we will go to town on pasta, but we've demonized fat so much for the past 50 years. Don't eat fat because you'll get cholesterol. Well, guess what? If you don't eat fat, you won't make sex hormones. You won't make growth hormone, right? Like Mm. there's this, there's this really terrible imbalance on how we are understanding food, especially here in America with our standard American diets, where the majority of what we eat is carbs, processed carbs. Right. And here's a really good example of that. Um, We do a lot of work with people that have SIBO, right? The small Mm, intestinal bacteria. Totally. And not, not every single one of them, but very commonly you will see that people with SIBO have floating stools. Mm-hmm. No matter, matter what they do, the stools float. And yep. if we actually look deeper into that, we do like a GI map where we can examine what's going on in the feces, the mm-hmm. fecal matter. We see that they're just not absorbing their fat at all. Right. It's going right through them basically. Right. Because all these little bacteria in their gut are gobbling up the... Uh, the bile that's supposed to be breaking down that fat so right. that they can absorb it. So the fat basically stays how it is, goes right in with the stool. And then you get at the very least really greasy stools. Mm-hmm. And I am sorry to be talking about poop when we started talking about skin, but <laughs> here we are. But it's all connected. It is. Yes. Totally. It's all connected. And we also tend to see in those same situations, some big signs of mm-hmm. an essential fatty acid deficiency. Once totally. again, no matter what they're eating. Totally. So the gut, everything starts in the gut. Yes. Um, we always say that the that your poop and your skin is the window into your, your gut, your small mm. intestine and your colon. Mm. If your skin is healthy, like you most likely have a healthy colon, right? Or a healthy small intestine or, you know, some sort of normal balance. But when we when we do see kids with acne or little kids now with eczema, oh my gosh, so many babies with eczema that we keep seeing in our practice. Mm. So many five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds with eczema, rosacea, psoriasis. Um, it's all because of this gut dysfunction and this gut regulation. And not only that, but 80% of your immune system, guys, is your gut biome, all right? Mm. Like it, it completely controls white blood cells. There are other factors too, but through different cytokines and peptides and uh, chemicals that the gut releases, it literally will tell what the white blood cells, what it should attack and shouldn't attack. And another thing we see a lot with the blood chemistry analyses that we do is that people with the chronic gut issues like Mm -hmm. the SIBO, they tend to be lower in white blood cells, total counts. And yep. they tend to have elevated neutrophils. Right. But, uh, but we do see these patterns, they play out. So it's not just theory here. Totally. Now, I want to go back for a second, though. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, and we've been talking about the rosacea, the eczema, the psoriasis. There are a lot of people out there that don't know the difference between all these things. Yes. All they know is there's a rash. Right. Mm. Right. There's something that's not the right color. So maybe we can kind of start, Cecilia, yes. with helping everyone to understand what, what- are these different skin conditions how do we tell them apart? And does it even matter if we can tell them apart? Well, the thing with, let's start with eczema, because that's one of the very big ones that um, hit even from babies. But um, eczema, there's always the redness, which is the inflammation mm-hmm. and the itchiness. And there are different types of eczema. Mm-hmm. And depending on the type, it can be the dry, it can be the weeping. Um, but there is the itch and the scratch factor that comes forward with with eczema. With psoriasis, where the cells are renewing so fast, the the immune system is so busy, and the blood cells are renewing, and the skin is building up and scaly, they've got uh, borders that, um, and then they build up this silver, white, scaly Mm -hmm. surface. They're not as itchy as eczema. Okay. and then the rosacea, a lot of people um, can get that mixed up with lupus, systemic mm-hmm. lupus erythematosus, because systemic lupus erythematosus, you've got the butterfly rash on the cheeks. Yeah, um, Rosacea is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It is red, it's inflamed, and it can have um, like pimples, pustules on it. 
Mm-hmm. And with some people, it can be just red and flat, um, inflamed, and other people can have that. Same as with eczema, it can have little pustules on it. Um, there are different different types. The main thing is they can almost all be treated the same way, yes. starting with the gut and the immune system. Same with vitiligo, right? Yeah. Like any kind of skin condition, like you should go to the gut first. You should yes. like look there. As you know, we've got more bacteria in our gut than we have cells on the body. And yes. we've got trillions of yep. cells on the body. Yep. I, I, some, I read somewhere that our gut biome is like 10 pounds. If you put it all together, it weighs as much as our brain. So I thought that was really interesting, right? Like, so, okay. So let's get into it. So someone has a kid or someone has eczema. Uh, So someone has a kid with eczema or someone has eczema. What is it that they should know? What is it that they should look at first? Okay, let's start just with um, the sperm and the ovum. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are under the impression that babies, when they develop, they'll either develop to be healthy or to be ill. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excluding hereditary conditions here, severe yeah. hereditary conditions, but the the baby or the fetus is as good as the quality of the sperm and the ovum mm-hmm. at the time of conception. Yeah, And so my advice to people three months before you start planning a family detox, detox, go on a good diet. They Mm -hmm. shouldn't even three months, they should be on a good diet. But at least then, because as I said, the sperm and the ovum is as healthy as the baby as the condition of the sperm and the ovum. And then with pregnancy, um, with the gestation period, Mm -hmm. it very, very much depends on what the mother is eating. Because whatever she's eating... Mm -hmm is helping that baby to grow and establish and the, the, the cell division to take place and to develop. And that baby will develop according to what the mother is eating. So right. if the mother is eating a lot of refined carbohydrates and lowering her immune system, mm-hmm. then the baby is at a risk as well. Then, of course, and this goes back many years, I don't know the statistics today, but many years ago, um, if a mother and a father suffered with allergies, the baby had a 64% um, chance of having allergies. Wow. If only one parent suffered with allergies, the baby's the baby had a 40% yeah. um, chance of having allergies. And so the, the whole thing starts with even before conception. Right. How good is the sperm and the ovum? And then what are you feeding the fetus? Right. And then once the baby is born, if the baby is breastfed, mothers who are nursing, again, whatever they eat will affect that baby. Just ask a mother to eat beans and mm-hmm. see what the beans do to the baby. Right. You know, we know that. Right. So alcohol too coffee mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so it stands to reason refined carbohydrates will lower the immune system and will right. upset the gut bacteria in the mother and the baby. What's really interesting is um, I've been reading a lot about gut biome during pregnancy. Um, and before we understood that um, when babies were born, their their gut biome was squeaky clean. You're starting with a clean slate. But recent research has shown that, no, it actually starts as they are growing in the mom because they're drinking the amniotic fluid, right? Mm. So we want to make sure that because that placenta and that amniotic fluid, it protects the baby. The placenta is kind of like the filtration system. But we're also seeing that on newborns, they're testing and they're finding over 200 different types of chemicals and heavy metals in newborn babies. Mm -hmm. You know, so our environment that we expose ourselves to, our children are being exposed to. Here's another thing to to keep in mind is um, when you, a lot of women who suffer with autoimmune diseases, when they're pregnant, they feel amazing, you know, because the immune system kind of hushes down. That's right. It It, calms it. It calms Mm -hmm. it because, because otherwise the immune system would attack any foreign object, babies included, right? So mom's immune system is hushed, but babies isn't. 
Mm. You know, babies is developing. And so what happens when mom is overexposing herself to potentially allergenic foods, right? High sugary foods, things that we know overstimulate the immune system. Mm. Someone's immune system is getting overstimulated and it's not mom's because she's fine because her body is saying, hey, we don't want to attack a baby and, and kill it. But baby's immune system is, you know, is going like, again, you're retraining a brand new immune system. And so when that baby comes out and has all of these issues and allergies, it's, well, it's, what was that baby exposed to when mom was pregnant? Well, look at um, drug and alcohol babies. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Example. Right. Fetal alcohol syndrome is mm-hmm. kind of Thanks. an extreme example of that, but I don't think we give enough credit to all these lesser forms of essentially the same process going right, on right. because for some reason we've convinced ourselves that outside of alcohol and smoking, it doesn't really matter right. what we do, it, well, oh. we, what women do when they're pregnant. Right. But, but as it turns out, they're, they're sharing everything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just recently an article came out showing that women who use parabens during pregnancy, which is a really common ingredient in cosmetics, mm-hmm. they tend to have lower birth rate babies right. and, and babies with low birth weights are more likely to have health virtually issues. every health issue out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and it that's makes just a huge difference. one chemical. And that's, and that's just parabens. Exactly. That's not even looking at the thousands of other things that we're exposed to every right. day. Right. So imagine a mom who's pregnant eating tons of glyphosate, not reacting, mm-hmm. but baby's stomach is probably on fire. Maybe. You know, who knows? We don't know. Right. Yeah. Like, like gut biome, you guys is such a new world of um, science. I think we have probably just delved into 2% of it. Like there's so much that we know and there's way more that we don't know, yeah. right? And so that's why there's a lot of like-minded people like us that are banding together and we're saying, listen, in our clinical practice, this is what we're noticing. And we have to use this anecdotal evidence to share with each other and educate each other so that we can come to helpful conclusions for the mass public, right? Yes. So, okay, so we went way back. We went yeah. from like, like conception to pregnancy. Now, now baby's out or maybe you're an adult now. Um, what do we do? All right. Let me uh, tell you, we were on eczema. Let's talk a little okay. bit mm-hmm. more about eczema. Yeah. Um, the main thing is to keep the skin moist because the drying of the skin can start the itching. Mm-hmm. And th- there are quite a few things here. And I don't have a, a start one, two, three, four points. I'm just going to cover a few points. But there's that um, scratch itch factor that mm-hmm. comes with eczema. And um, the eczema, when you itch and you scratch you then excite inflammation Mm. and inflammation causes eczema. Mm -hmm. Then it can spread because you've got this terrible scratching going on. Your nails aren't clean, your hands aren't clean. And if you're breaking the skin even slightly, you're spreading it. Right. It's not contagious, but you can spread it yourself. Mm -hmm. You you can um, soothe it too with, I know that, in other professions, they recommend petroleum, Vaseline. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, aloe vera gel is very, very good. But you've got to make sure you've got the right aloe vera gel. The one right. that we have don't have the latex. Mm-hmm. The latex, you have your aloe vera leaf. Mm-hmm. And then that very thin, inner, if you cut the leaf, there's a very thin inner layer right. around um, the leaf called the latex. Mm-hmm. And then you get the gel. Mm-hmm. So the one that we have, the aloe vera gel, doesn't have that latex in. Yeah. But that, um, if you just have a um, a shower not too hot, because mm-hmm. that again can um, excite it, and you put the aloe vera gel on immediately yeah. afterwards, that can help to soothe it as well. And Perfect. then, of course, the diet. Yes. And what I also want to add to that too, two things, CBD oil, you guys, we've had so many people report back that rubbing our CBD oil on topically has helped uh, tame the inflammation tremendously. So a lot of, um, and I've heard this mostly from moms actually, but there's a few adults as well, but they'll have their babies or their children take it internally 
as well as rub on the CBD oil externally. One thing I want to add to the whole shower aspect is you guys um, maybe get a filtration system on like your shower heads or something because you might be reacting to something in your water. It could be the high amounts of fluoride or chlorine or some kind of chemical that they're treating your water with. We we know, and we need to do a water episode, but we know that our water is so contaminated these days. Mm-hmm. We can't find clean water anymore mm-hmm. and and our cities are not providing it for us. You know, so maybe look into like a shower head filtration system for yourself or make sure you're filtering the water really well, warming it up for your babies or your kids, something like that. You know, you have to look at all aspects, right? Because sometimes it's not just diet. Sometimes it's not just environment. Sometimes it's environment and diet and stress all at the same time. At RU, it's always all of it. Uh, yeah. It's never exactly. a single isolated factor. There might be a primary factor that is driving the bulk of what's going on, mm-hmm. but it's never working in isolation. Exactly. Exactly. Let's talk about diet really fast. We, well, not fast. We should, because this is like, this is a really big part of it. So, yes. But before we do, I want to mention with eczema as well don't use very strong essential oils. Mm, You've mm-hmm. got to be very careful. You don't use like cinnamon. It will definitely oh, burn, burn it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or clove or anything yes. like that. You know, lavender, chamomile, Roman, chamomile, German. Always, but, always mixed with the carrier oil, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Those are very good. Don't use too many mm-hmm. because um, the more you just treat it in the beginning um, be- uh, with it not having broken skin, mm-hmm. you know, the less things you use – the better. The, the main thing is keep it moist and fix your diet. Right, right. Do you have a cream that you have formulated for eczema? Yes, I do. Do, do you think, okay, I'm just talking out loud now, like we should, we should probably have this for like a business meeting, but we should make one with like CBD built in it. Don't you think? I can do that. Like that would be an, a cool product to make well, essential oils a, and CBD, or maybe they can just buy it separately. They have to buy it separately because otherwise I have to get testing done on another uh, okay, product yeah, that, and then get it registered <laughs> with the state. So it's way too, okay. It's too much work and too expensive. I'm, I'm going to veto guys. that right now. <laughs> there we go. You, all right. you were all included on our business meeting and it did not pass. But it, so. it's just as easy to have both and then just right. combine them. And exactly. that way you get to control the potency. Of exactly. It, right. And it's really hard to like put too much CBD oil on your skin right. like you can't overdose on it like so don't don't be scared and be like oh my gosh I did five drops instead of four like yeah, you're fine yeah. um okay sorry what were you gonna say Cecilia no I was just gonna say you know um with the diet is to watch foods that cause inflammation and those are obviously carbohydrates mm-hmm. and sugars and then the what I call not the clean burning fuel meats um meats with antibiotics in it mm-hmm. already because that upsets the gut flora. Totally. Um, you know, they they um, they don't feed the, the cattle the best foods out there. Right. I, I have a client who is a truck driver and he goes to the chicken farms and he picks up the poop and he yeah. delivers it to the, what I call the, the meat factories, you know, oh, the, the cattle farms. It. The CAFOs. And, yeah, and they mix it into into the food. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And um, they don't, they feed them corn and it's not the best corn on the market. Right. You know, it's all. It's GMO it's corn. It's dirty right? stuff, yes. It's disgusting. So it, they become what they eat and we become what they eat. Right. So it's not the, a clean burning fuel. So if you're going to eat flesh or fluid from an animal, Make certain it's that it's pasture raised. And yeah, I've mm-hmm. got to be careful because with my accent, people think I'm saying pasteurized. <laughs> <laughs> it's pasture, it's raised in a pasture. Mm-hmm. And that it is um, a free roaming and not free roaming where these factory animals, they let them out in the shed for 20 minutes and then they Put say it's free range, mm-hmm. you know, not that kind. Mm-hmm. And that um, that they grass fed and grass finished, mm-hmm. not grass fed and corn finished. Mm-hmm. So so look for packaging that says 100% grass fed. Or grass fed and grass finished. You'll yes. see that sometimes yeah. mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a lot of things out there. So flesh and fluid from an animal must be a clean burning fuel. Yeah. So fluid from an animal can be butter, cheese, cream, yogurt, milk, anything like that. If you you do dairy, just make certain 
it's a good quality. Totally. Now, when it comes to these skin conditions, is it easier for people if they just stay away from dairy until it clears up, totally. no matter what the source is? You know, um, my first reaction to that is yes. Um, the biggest culprits when it comes to um, animal uh, products mm -hmm. one is um or just with things one is wheat uh, one is corn and one is dairy mm -hmm. corn is because it's genetically engineered mm -hmm. and dairy is because they feed the cattle corn right mm. and the pesticides that it's genetically engineered with um is is in that corn that right. they're feeding. Mm -hmm. You know, they said, because the way that it works with the genetically engineered corn is it bursts the insect's stomach. And, you know, the FDA and other places, um, testing places have said, it's not enough to harm a human being. But we eat so much corn. We eat mm -hmm. corn chips and, and, mm -hmm. and corn dogs and mm -hmm. um uh, to, to corn tortillas and totally and corn-fed corn. meat, yeah, yes, and cereals, absolutely. like all children's cereals are made yes. with corn or wheat. And so there is enough there to harm us, to cause mm -hmm. leaky guts. And mm -hmm. we we've talked about this, I think, on the yeah. show before. But there's this guy who tests your hair to see what elements are in it, and mm -hmm. he has found that the average American over fifty percent of the the elements in the hair right. is from corn. Yep. Yeah, you know, and the sad thing with um genetically engineering and pesticides and uh, insecticides not so long ago and I'm, I'm talking about maybe September last year on the news they said that and we noticed there are no birds here there are just mm -hmm. no birds and on the news they said that the bird population had dropped more than a third mm -hmm. because of cats and they named other things. It's not. It's because there are no insects for them because mm -hmm. the genetically engineered products have done away with the insects, have mm -hmm. done away with their food supply yeah. and the birds have gone. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, well, we're spraying these insects and then the birds eat the insects, right? And That's then they die. Either, like, yeah. yeah, it's killing yeah. them. So, so, so yeah, what I would say, especially about the dairy as well is, you know, they, pasteurize they pasteurize that dairy they heat it so abundantly that the proteins actually agglutinate and they become very like they're sticky now mm -hmm. they, they can't unfold they can't break apart properly and so it's drinking pasteurized conventional dairy is literally like sandpaper on your gi tract so that's why i always tell people like unless you can get raw milk but but again like when it comes to eczema just get rid of the inflammatory foods corn wheat uh, grains. I mean, wheat is grains. So corn, grains, dairy, soy, sugar. So those five things like mm -hmm. get it gone. If you're going to do this, you know, and, and, and when you do this, you can't just say I did it for a week or two and it didn't work. That's not how the body works. Like when you are dealing with healing your body naturally, you have to give something at least three months. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain inflammatory proteins in your body that take up to three weeks for them to be like destroyed and excreted from your system. Mm -hmm. So let's say you've implemented a, this like, let's say autoimmune paleo diet for three weeks and you're still not getting any results. Well, it's because you're still swimming in like anti, you're still swimming in like this high response and your body hasn't been able to not react yet. So give it time. You have to give it time. Yeah. And there's a lot of other factors that go into that as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like how well your body eliminates these toxins. Totally. So even if you get rid of them, if they're built up in your system and your body's having a hard time eliminating, let's say you've got chronic constipation, yeah. for instance, or you never sweat, mm -hmm. where, how are those toxins going to get out of your system? Right. Right. You know, in that list of foods to avoid and processed foods is also and with my accent, people don't understand what I'm saying. <laughs> but deli meat, D E L I. Deli, yeah. Deli yeah. meat. Deli meat. Okay. We, we understand. Don't worry. <laughs> We're picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> All right. And I'll just and interpret for you because they are um, they they are processed as well with mm -hmm. a lot of things in them. So that's on that list as well. And then to eat the foods that really do calm inflammation, mm -hmm. like ginger. 
And um, there are a lot of herbal teas, beautiful herbal teas. It's got licorice and ginger yeah. and clove and black pepper and turmeric. Those, um, all of Anti-inflammatory. those. Yes. And bring those into your diet, your, those spices. Mm-hmm. And eat. I always say to people, protein builds and repairs the body. Vegetables heal the body. Yes. The more vegetables you eat, the quicker your body will heal. Yeah. Fruit um, in its portions, mm-hmm. some fruits, and they cleanse the body. Right. And so if you eat natural foods and people say, I don't know what to eat. I say, if it's man-made, leave it alone. If it's mm-hmm. nature-made, go for it. Totally. I want to expand a little bit on the vegetable aspect. Um, our society is losing its ability to digest vegetables, which is why I tell the majority of our people that are trying to heal Steam them, cook them, saute them, you know, until your gut biome knows what it's doing. Um, you want to you want to steam, cook, or saute about at least 90% of your, of your vegetables so that you're not as bloated or gassy or distended or um, because the fiber in vegetables can be really hard on your gut. If you have a gut that is struggling, a gut that's inflamed, um, you want to really give it its best shot at absorbing as much as possible. And through that is breaking up those fiber bonds so that you can absorb as much as possible and not have your gut biome or your body expending its energy on breaking up those fiber bonds, basically. Sorry, I I keep bringing in the SIBO perspective because it's been a Mm -hmm. big thing lately for some reason. But if you do have a SIBO situation, then there are going to be some vegetables that normally would be extremely healthy for you. Yeah that are going to be harmful in this case. Mm-hmm. They're the, the FODMAPs, right? Yeah. And not every single FODMAP food is going to be a problem for every single person. So it mm-hmm. gets really complicated. But something to keep in mind, if you're doing a really heavy vegetable diet mm-hmm. and you find that it's just making your digestive issues even worse, making your skin conditions even worse, that could be one of the reasons. Totally, You might need to temporarily do a FODMAP style elimination diet yeah until you get your gut healed up yep. and then you can reintroduce those foods. And so, you know yeah. that um, with the foods today as well, um, to, let me try and explain this. We need um, to digest our foods. We need enzymes, mm-hmm. but to get those enzymes, we need the right nutrients. Totally. But we also need a good functioning nervous system. Yes. If we don't eat the right foods, we cannot secrete the correct enzymes to digest foods and we won't have a good working nervous system. And a nervous system functioning not at optimal levels will cause symptoms like fatigue, mm-hmm. uh, mood swings, depression, um, insomnia, totally, uh, not being coordinated, foggy brain. And so once you eat the correct foods that nature made for our bodies yes. because it's compatible, you'll secrete the right enzymes mm-hmm. and then you'll have a functioning nervous system because everything in the body is under control of right. the nervous system. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and to, to take that fo- further as well, um, if you are stressed, let's talk about the enteric nervous system, right? The enteric nervous system is hyper aware of stress and it responds to stress immediately. So if you are living a stressful lifestyle, your body isn't, your enteric nervous system literally shuts down. What does it do though? So it stops. So you, you masticate your food, right? You eat that, you chew, 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 it goes to your stomach. Your enteric nervous system stops telling your stomach to produce hydrochloric acid. Mm. Hydrochloric acid is, you guys on Instagram have heard me talk about this endlessly, but you don't have enough hydrochloric acid. You have a domino effect of gut dysfunction because you're not breaking down your proteins. You're also getting heartburn because it's not triggering your valves to close in your esophagus. Um, you, that, that robust release of hydrochloric acid, um, also tells the gallbladder, um, it, it triggers a hormone called secretin, which triggers the gallbladder to contract, right? So that, that gallbladder sac will contract to release bile. If you have low hydrochloric acid, 
that gallbladder is not contracting. And guess what? It gets stiff. And then all that bile gets stuck in there. And then it turns into bile stones, right? Gallstones. Gallstones. Yes. Thank you. And so- And then you go to your doctor and they say, hey, we need to cut out your whole gallbladder. Right. And you get a cholecystectomy and you don't feel any better. Exactly. (laughs) And you don't feel, in fact, a lot of people feel worse going back to SIBO because that bile is now just dripping into the small intestine and opportunistic bacteria love to feed off of bile right? So without the bile being mixed to food, the bacteria is like having a buffet in there. Bad bacteria, I mean. So, so by now you're wondering why we're doing a whole episode on digestion. <laughs> because <laughs> as I said from the beginning, because your digestion, your GI tract, the health of your GI tract is literally like your skin mirrors it, right? Yeah. There's a huge connection between the brain and the gut. Mm-hmm. And, and the gut and your skin. And bile, just to finish up on that subject, has some very good functions because mm-hmm. it emulsifies it emulsifies your food. Mm-hmm. Um, it acts as a mild laxative to mm-hmm. help work things through the, the intestines, and then for what it's worth, it deodorizes the feces. Mm. And if our diets are wrong, our feces stink. But if our mm-hmm. diet is okay, it's not that bad. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, one of the indicators that you might have liver or gallbladder issues is really foul-smelling feces. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so guys, so what we're getting from this is to heal your skin conditions. You want to make, like, if, you, if you're looking at what protocols, first look into like an autoimmune paleo diet. If that doesn't work, then look into FODMAPs, right? Because we might be dealing with some SIBO. If FODMAPs isn't working, then we need to look into like a low histamine diet. Tristan, can you go into histamine intolerances a little bit and tell us what what histamine has to do with the immune system and how that links into eczema? I'll just really briefly say that when you get a a dysbiotic gut, Mm -hmm. then it tends to lead to a buildup of histamine. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you get even a mast cell activation disorder that causes histamine release when it shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. But it'll create a sensitivity where your body is very, very reactive to histamine. And histamine is your body's immune action, Mm -hmm. right? So if you think of a histamine attack, it's going to look a lot like an allergic attack, right? Not necessarily, uh, what do they call it when you need the EpiPen? Right. But, uh, what is that? The norepinephrine? No, no, no. Well, yeah. I mean the the norepinephrine shot, but, but what's the, I can't think of what the stuff is called that causes that attack. It's an, an immune reaction, allergic reaction to like nuts. I can't think of it. No one. Histamine? It's not histamine. Like, no. I'm like, that's the one I know. It's, I don't know. Anyways. You go into shock from it. Right. I feel like I'm playing charades here. <laughs> Taboo. Anaphylactic. Yes. Thank you. Anaphylactic. Thank you, Cecilia. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyway, it's not that, but it is it is all the other symptoms of an allergic attack. The sneezing, mm-hmm. the the watery, the drippy nose, right? The watery eyes. Yeah. Uh, and all of that, plus inflammation like crazy mm-hmm. in the gut. So right. in some situations, you do need to, once again, temporarily cut down on foods that either contain histamines or that cause your body to release histamines. We call okay. them histamine liberators. Yeah. And, and sometimes we need to also look at like your DAO production because that's what helps to clear histamine from the body. Mm-hmm. And you know what's very important is the histidine because the histidine is the precursor mm-hmm. for histamine. That's an amino and, acid, right? Yeah. And what this basically means in simple, simple terms is if you think of cattle contained with a fence, the cattle is the histamine and the fence is the histidine. And if the yeah. histidine breaks down, the cattle are all over are all the place. Over. Oh, that's so, so it's not a histidine overabundance. It's actually a histidine deficiency that can cause that. Yes. Interesting. And again, we need the right foods with the right um, phytonutrients mm-hmm. to build all these little things that we need. Totally. You know, when we do the hair DNA analysis, you know that when we look at the gut, we look at the external factors that mm-hmm. plague the gut. Then yeah. we look at which nutrients um, are needed to build up the gut. And mm-hmm. then we look at the systems that affect the gut. Right. So... There's a lot of things in play here. A car doesn't just run on gas. It needs an entire engine with all of these little things to make it work and run. Totally. The same with our bodies. Totally. 
All right. So, um, so we've spoken about the creams and things to put on topically. We've spoken about nutrition and diet. More specifically, we've talked about how the creams are more just a band-aid, a band-aid. almost yes. a literal band-aid yes. that we're putting over the mm-hmm. visible signs of what's yep. going on in order to prevent the social embarrassment, I guess, or the discomfort of it. Right? And, and the one thing I want to mention is um, eczema must not be left untreated right. because eventually it can become systemic. It mm. can cause sepsis mm-hmm. if it's left untreated and it goes deep into the cells and the blood. But um, it it can also, skin conditions, skin rashes and eczema can be um, a sign of deeper conditions. It can be a sign of autoimmune conditions like lupus. Um, It -hmm. can even cancer. And for that, I recommend that people do the C uh, reactive protein test, Mm -hmm. the CRP test. But one test alone isn't good enough to really get a good reading, you need to do one and then again two weeks later. Yeah. Because the body at that point of the blood test can be in a different place. Totally. You know, depending again on what you've just eaten Mm -hmm. and it may not give a correct reading. Yeah. But if, if it's been chronic, and I'm not talking about just acute and it goes away, but if it's been chronic, you need to look deeper. Yes. Um, we're going to do an episode sometime in the future with our, uh, our EMT, uh, Nick, who knows a lot of information about lab errors, actually, and how common they are. So getting blood work and they're like, oh no, everything's fine. Yes, we've spoken a little bit about functional ranges and normal ranges and how they're different, but we don't ever talk about lab errors and how common those are. So if you have a gut feeling that something's wrong and your doctor's like, everything's fine, it's okay for you to go get tested again. You know, like go, like, like go with your hunch. Or at least get a second opinion on Mm -hmm. what the labs are telling you. Yes. Very on a very very quick thing, and and I don't want to take up time here. Can no, I? We got plenty you, of time. Can I tell you about a lab error with my father? Yeah. Yes. Um, he called me on a Monday, and gave me his symptoms, and I said to him, Dad, those symptoms are related to your liver. Go and have a liver function test done. Mm-hmm. Let the doctor look at your liver. And he went, he got the results on a Wednesday, he phoned me and he said, the doctor says, I have a liver of a young man. And I Mm -hmm. said, impossible, you can't, you cannot have a liver of a young man and have the symptoms you gave me. The next day, Thursday, he phoned me and he said, Cecilia, my skin has gone yellow, my eyes have gone yellow. And I said, that's your liver, go and see the doctor, go back and tell him to look further. Friday, he ended up in hospital. Friday night, the doctor phoned me and said, if your father makes it out of hospital, he has at most five months to live. And I said to him, how on earth can you tell him on Wednesday, he's got the liver of a young man and on Friday, Mm -hmm. you give him his death sentence. And he explained to me that the test that they do is done from the functioning tissue and not the dysfunctioning tissue mm. of the liver. Mm-hmm. So where all the lesions are, it's not taken from that. The blood that they draw and what they look at obviously is still from the, the functioning liver. Part of the and liver, this yeah. this is a, one of the big reasons these tests can be wrong. Yeah. It's like you can still drive on a road with potholes, yeah. right? Like, But the potholes are still there. The, the, it's, the road is still broken but you're still driving on it. It's mm-hmm. the same with like blood, right? Like it, it's the liver still going to perform its healthier functions through the tissue that is functional. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, that's, that's insane. Like, and it's, that's not like we hear stories like that all the time, mm-hmm. right? Where like there are th- these miss, these missed massive red flags, but because of blood work, everything's fine and they scoot you out the door. So don't be afraid to advocate for yourselves, you guys, if you know that something is wrong. All right. What else, Cecilia, do you think everyone should understand or know as far as eczema, psoriasis, skin conditions go? 
All right, something that affects us, as I said, affects the gut and the brain. Um, I want to talk about candida, candida, mm-hmm. candida albicans. Now, candida albicans was first theorized by Dr. Orion Truss, I think in um, 1979. His book was published. Um, and controversy surrounded it then, and it still does now, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, although accepting it, there are still people who don't accept it. Yeah. But um, candida plays a huge role Mm. in our actual existence. And people say, I want to get rid of candida. You can't get rid of candida because it's part of our natural makeup. We need it because it makes certain vitamins for us. It helps us to digest our food. And um, it lives symbiotically with us because we help each other. But when the good bacteria gets out of hand, um, gets suppressed by the bad bacteria. If if the foods we eat, like the refined carbohydrates, will feed the bad bacteria. Mm-hmm. And if that gets out of hand and the good bacteria is no longer the king of the castle, this is when problems um, set in. Because yeah. the, the yeast um, uh, factor that we have, it will grow spores called mycelia and the mycelia Mm -hmm. will seep through the colon wall get into the bloodstream and then travel Mm -hmm. and set up other places in the body and we can get things like um, eczema psoriasis we can get um, fungal nails um, athlete's foot uh, dermatitis all sorts of things Um, the the main thing is that it can affect us in two ways uh, what we eat and things that we that we take, like mm-hmm. antibiotics, will affect us. The foods we eat will affect us. Our hormonal um, levels, that too. But um, the one thing I want to talk about are the way that it can affect us, um, because it can affect us mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. When we eat food and we um, we detoxify, we urinate, we defecate. Now, the same with parasites and with all these things in our body, even with the, the fungus, it will eat the food and then it will eliminate. Mm-hmm. And its elimination is what's affecting us mentally. Mm. So we as our physical symptoms that we have could be bloatedness and um, it can be skin rashes, rumbling in the tummy, mm-hmm. um, itches, and, and uh, the mental symptoms that we have. It can be anxiety, depression, um, uh, it can be insomnia and, and mood swings and forgetfulness, uncoordinatedness, um, foggy brain. Right. That's how it affects us mentally. Mm-hmm. And then we have the physical symptoms as well. Um, sometimes with even with the mental symptoms, there's unexplained behavior. People just... Um, there's that agitation that people experience, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the poor memory. And um, also uh, one big thing is the chronic fatigue as well. Mm-hmm. It just tires our brain. Right. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't have eczema, maybe you have these other things. Yes. Right. Like, yes. and Tristan keeps bringing up SIBO. Like you are probably suffering from SIBO, you know, like your symptom isn't it reflected in your skin, but it is reflected in your cognitive um, uh, issues, you know, mm-hmm. like your sleeping or your depression or anxiety or anything like that, mm-hmm. or like constant gassiness, bloat, yes. you know, constipation or diarrhea. Yes, I was just about mm-hmm. to mention that, you know, the irritable bowel syndrome where yeah. you can be constipated or you can have diarrhea, you can have heartburn yeah. or also people would say indigestion, mm-hmm. um, but the lethargy, all of that um, is accompanied by it, even sexual difficulties and infertility. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, There's so many stories out there on the interwebs of uh, couples that can't get pregnant and then they cut out something like gluten and they fix their diet and then like, you know, half a year later, they, they're falling pregnant or something and they get pregnant over and over. It's so interesting that something as simple as nutrition and diet and inflammatory responses can affect um, 
you know, conception. And, and that's, that's not to shame anyone. You know what I mean? Like this is such a a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. It's so hard, you know? And so I don't want to be like, Hey, you're, you can't fall pregnant because of your nutrition. No, there are other things too that, um, that play into it, but we just want to share all that we know so that you maybe feel inspired to do something if, it resonates with you. Yeah. I mean, pregnancy is one of those topics oh, that is never like, a single, I know. there's this thing that's going no. on that's preventing it. The last thing the body is going to do for right. a woman is say, okay, let's start reproducing. Totally. It needs to make sure that everything else is completely taken care of. Yep. Otherwise it's not, it's not safe for the mother or the baby right. to be putting yourself in that vulnerable of a situation. Totally. So you have to have everything else figured out, which makes it very complicated. And that's totally. one of the many reasons why fertility rates have dropped so much in the last mm-hmm. 50 or so years. Mm-hmm. You know, um, bad breath is also a symptom of a yeast imbalance in the gut. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, um, I don't know why, but they, they often say, oh, you know, I've been told my bad breath is because of my liver. Now, if you think of the digestive tract. You've got one tract from the mouth going into the stomach mm-hmm. and then the uh, duodenum, I believe here yeah, you say duodenum. Uh, but I don't got... even know anymore. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it from you so much. It sounds right. Well, you've got your small intestine and then your large intestine and right through to mm-hmm. the, the rectum and the anus. That is one tube. Mm-hmm. The liver is an organ related to the digestive system, but But it doesn't have an entryway into the digestive system. The only entryway is blood. Yes. You know, so so its circulatory system is blood, you know, smells and gases and like, that's all, like you said, the the GI tube, right? Mm -hmm. And the bad breath, when you fix the yeast problem, Mm -hmm. that goes away. Right. One other thing I want to bring up about uh, skin and acne, especially is one hormonal imbalances that Mm. you can fix through nutrition. Um, Another thing too, is eating a lot of uh, poly, like, like bad polyunsaturated fatty acids and trans, uh, and trans fats. Poofas. Poofas. So we're going to call the polyunsaturated fatty acids poofas. No, but when we say this, we're talking about a specific type of polyunsaturated fatty acids, the omega-6s. So you're going to find polyunsaturated fatty acids in nuts and seeds and, um, and fish. And that's really like poofas in whole food forms. Fantastic for you. Poofas that have been extracted and heated from like seeds and foods that have been processed from like soil soybean. And I'm spe- I'm speaking specifically about like sunflower seed oil, um, canola oil, uh, safflower oil, flour like oil soybean oil. The most used oil, by the way, in the world, the soybean oil. Soybean. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. these oils are very unstable and inflammatory and they are everywhere. I know when I go to a restaurant that they're using these oils because I can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, like my GI tract like literally shuts down. And and restaurants use these because they're cheap. So cheap. Every time you eat a French fry, you guys, you are eating these oils. And so they're highly inflammatory um, and especially trans fats. A lot of people don't know this. So even with like oxidized uh, PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids, they're inflammatory and your body has enzymes to try and figure out what to do with it. Now, as your body's trying to metabolize these inflammatory PUFAs, it's also utilizing its own energy to do so. So it's a net negative when you eat inflammatory oil, inflammatory oils. The issue with trans fats, one, it's they're technically illegal in America, yet foods, food companies still sell them. If you've ever done microwave popcorn, that's trans fats. Mm. Trans How do fats, they get away with that if it's illegal? I have no idea. I think they've been given like a grace period of, hey, you have until like 2022 to make sure that all your products oh, no longer have trans fats. So they're it. still phasing it out. They're phasing it out, but it's still abundant in our foods. And you know that you're getting that at like McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or something. So the other thing too, is that there are foods that are not trans fats until you cook Mm -hmm. them or microwave them and then they become trans Trans fats, fats. right? Now here's the thing with trans fats though. There are zero enzymes in your body that know how to metabolize them. Zero. Like your body literally cannot do anything with trans fats. So what happens to them? So that's you either store them or they create tons of inflammation and then you poop them out. It's, it's a mystery, right? Like when people say fat makes you fat, this fat makes you fat. Absolutely. And it, it burns down the house while it's doing it. Mm. 
you know, so, so there's like your body cannot utilize and absorb this fat to use for healing and repairing and hormone synthesis and stuff. It does. It's, it's, it's dead food literally in you and it's, and it's destroying everything in its path. Mm. All right. So, so that's my little spiel on fats, you guys. So going back to acne, if you're, if you have, if you're acne prone, get rid of those processed foods that are high in fat. So like chips, fries, popcorns. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, do, you know, the, the fake cheese that you dip corn chips into that you get from the nacho cheese, nacho cheeses, you guys, like all of these things that have all of these disgusting cheese, plastic cheese. Yeah. Like basically anything you would get at Taco Bell. Exactly. <laughs> you know, these creamers that they put in pods that can stay, um, on a shelf for years and years mm-hmm. and not have to be refrigerated. Those are all trans fats, what? you know? So, you know, because it's, it's a fat that like, it, it, you don't have to refrigerate it, right? Mm. It's it's not going to become more unstable. It's the most unstable it can ever be, mm. right? So that's why they use it in creamers and stuff. So if you have a child that has issues with acne, look at their fat content. Look at the quality of their fat because their body is, oh, and, and again, how do you get rid of trans fats? Through your skin. Oh, you know what I mean? So, so there you go. So instead of straining the skin, because the skin's an elimination organ, right? Your kidneys, your skin, your colon, they're all elimination organs. So when and, your body and can, your lungs. and your lungs, mm-hmm. you know, so, yes. so if your body doesn't know how to process something or it needs to get rid of it, it's going to get rid of it through one, one of, of these of four. But you need to watch with acne for refined carbohydrates mm-hmm. as well, because when you um, increase your blood sugar and mm-hmm. the high hyperglycemia and causes the pancreas to release more insulin right and then that eventually will trigger the adrenal cortex to release androgens yeah. and one of the androgens are testosterone and the testosterone will hit the sebaceous glands and then that oil will block the pores and the acne mm-hmm. is formed wow yeah that totally makes sense so so where do people go from here? I think avoid carbohydrates. Avoid carbohydrates. Um, you guys, I mentioned on refined, Insta- right? refined, yeah. not complex. Refined, yes, complex carbohydrates are vegetables, right? Refined are like pastas and wheats man-made. and bread, man-made stuff, um, cookies, crackers. Um, pretzels, yes. donuts. The middle aisles at the grocery store, yeah. basically. Do you know what was amazing? When we went to China, and our Errol has been to China many times, and then when I went with him, he said, come on, I want to go show you something. Mm-hmm. Now, when you walk into a supermarket here, you have two aisles, both sides filled with cereal. Mm-hmm. And he said, we went into a Walmart in China. Mm-hmm. And he said, come and have a look. And the... The, the cereal aisle, the cereal aisle, if I had to stretch my arms out from fingertip to f- the other fingertip, it was smaller than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. The cereal aisle? Yes. Well, That's was amazing. Like that in South Africa. They have vegetables for breakfast. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. I loved it. When we stayed in the hotel, Errol ate the Western breakfast. I ate the Chinese breakfast. And I just loved it because mm-hmm. there were so many vegetables. Totally. I remember when we would come to the United States for vacations, you know, we'd come to like Disney World and stuff. And the first place we would go to in the grocery stores were the cereal aisles because we're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Because in South Africa, back in the day, we only had like five different cereals. And you you kids weren't allowed cereals. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, wow, this is so beautiful. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, this is so toxic. And it's everywhere, right? Even the health everywhere. food stores still have a full entire mm-hmm. aisle of, cereal. of healthy cereals Healthier, yeah. that are organic, refined carbohydrates. Are, <laughs> you walk into a health food store, there are so many bad foods labeled yes. as totally. health foods that it turns my stomach over. You're, you're just totally. paying more money for the same bad things exactly. that are going to cause the same problems for you. So I want listeners listening <laughs> to, to know that there's hope, you know, healing happens. Um, if you are overwhelmed by the information, you're like, well, what is eating a healthy meal look like? Um, we're going to post a link to, uh, in the notes of this show and have you guys, I I'm putting together by the time you listen to this, it's already going to be done. A, um, a, an eczema food meal protocol, now you can go to this link and you can download it for free or you can dono- donate whatever you want to get it. But either way, I want you to know it's there. 
All right. So, um, so you guys are going to have access to this menu plan. It's going to have recipes. It's going to have your to-do list. It's going to have what you eat and when. Um, now, I do want to bring something to your guys's attention. This is going to be a very. This is going to be similar to an autoimmune paleo diet. Let's say you start implementing this, and after six months of implementing this almost perfectly, you're still having the same issues. Um, you might have a histamine issue, or you might have a SIBO issue. You know, so for the majority of you guys with eczema right now, you're going to follow this menu plan to a T, hopefully, and you're going to see improvements in three to six months. Um, there's going to be a small portion of you that are not going to see improvements. And that's when we have to dive a little bit deeper into, okay, what's causing this? Are we dealing with mast cell issues? Are we dealing with SIBO issues? And then address that as we go along. I just want to mention, you asked me earlier on about dairy and, um, and eczema. And I want to mention that it very much depends on the person whether they can tolerate dairy or not, because we discussed the quality of the intake. Um, I have clients, and in South Africa, I had students that suffered with asthma, Mm -hmm. and some could eat dairy, and others couldn't. But the dairy they could eat was yogurt, because it was fermented. And so if there are some people, and they find they can have a very good grass-fed, pasture-raised, um, you know, the, uh, yogurt, yogurt that comes from milk from cows that are grass-fed, mm-hmm. and they can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. They have to see what they can and can't handle. Right. Some people can, others can't. And they're not the flavored. I'm not talking about, right. I'm talking the with the ones with live um, probiotics and no sugar in it. So, so you guys, what you probably want to do is implement like an autoimmune paleo diet. Once you start healing, you can slowly incorporate these things back in. So for like a week or two, incorporate yogurt or something. Maybe you can handle yogurt the entire time. We don't know, but if you're going to try something out, try it, you know, like just go full force and get all the inflammatory, potentially inflammatory foods. And then as you, as you heal, then, you know, reintroduce one food at a time like one week at a time, see if you are responding, if your body is inflamed. Also know that healing isn't a trajectory straight up. It's up and down and up and down. It's three steps forward, two steps back, three steps forward, two steps back. Eventually you're going to get six steps forward, two steps back, but it takes some time to get there. So don't get frustrated when your body has setbacks. It's probably detoxing. It's probably sloughing off things that it's been storing onto. And what you're seeing and experiencing is, um, in a, is a response to that. Yeah. The the thing we see happen over and over again is that people jump into these programs and they do make progress, but at the first backwards step, mm-hmm. they say, they Oh, up. it doesn't work for me. They give up, they jump to something else and they yep. go through the same process. Yep. And in doing that, they are starting over and over and over and they're never making progress. Totally. And that's because you cannot let the little setbacks be your indicator that the whole thing is broken. Exactly. It's working, but it's cyclical. It's not a straight forward pathway. Exactly. And what I wanted to mention with eating the good food and just for instance with yogurt, not to just have a lot of yogurt with um, sweetened things, Mm. but if you have yogurt and blueberries, it's an amazing antioxidant. The Mm -hmm. blueberries act as an antioxidant Mm -hmm. and then the the yogurt can replace some good bacteria in the gut. And you can never get rid of the bad bacteria, candida, you can never get rid of it. You've just got to bring it back into perspective Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. You got to tone it down a little bit. Yes. And then if you, if you have eggs, don't just have eggs, put kale with it. Like in your recipe book, Mm -hmm. you've got the eggs and the kale. So always bring good things in with um, the foods that you eat. And that's what I love about our hair DNA analysis because it shows, it gives a list of foods you can choose from Mm -hmm. and make up these meals. Totally. So anything else we want to say to wrap this baby up? I think we've given a lot of people a lot of food for thought. Yeah, I mean, hopefully (laughs) if if you only get a couple things out of this, one of them should be that your skin issues are not just your skin and trying to address them topically alone is Mm -hmm. not going to get you there most of the time. It's not. Your gut and your skin are 
inextricably connected to each other. Your gut totally. controls your immune system, and your immune system is the key to everything. everything. Another little gem in there that I don't know if, if everyone really pulled this out, but Cecilia mentioned that your entire digestive tract from mouth to anus is separate. It's almost outside of the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. And the only way that things cross over from that external digestive tract tube to the rest of the body is through the blood, mm-hmm. right? right? And through yeah. these molecules that bring it through until we get into a dysbiotic situation mm-hmm. where we get holes in the digestive tract. Exactly. And that's when the barriers start to break down and we start to see all sorts of problems develop. Exactly. So, well, can, do we have time to get a little bit deeper into that? Nope. Actually, we should do another episode. We'll do a separate on episode like that, on that. Because yeah. like there's the mucosal membrane, yep. there's two yes. of them and it's so cool. And no, we'll do, we'll, we'll do a whole it. thing yeah. on that. But for now, just know the gut and the skin, they are almost one in the same mm-hmm. when it comes to, seeing problems show up. Totally. And that's it, you guys. Thanks for listening. This was a great, Cecilia, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, If you want her to talk on other topics, let us know. Um, We're going to be doing an essential oil class with you soon, probably Mm. sometime in March or April, right? Yes. We need to figure out a date and time. A lot of people have asked. Yes, Mm -hmm. so many. So probably like end of March, beginning of April. Mm -hmm. Uh, Keep your ears and eyes open for that, for those dates. Look on Instagram. We will announce it there. We'll also announce it on the podcast. Uh, But people are really excited for that. Uh, Thank you for your knowledge and your expertise in this. Like I know you've helped so many kids, so many uh, youngsters and children and adults. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, until next time, guys. See you later. Bye.